This is Hey, this is Matt from Metal Nerdery, the Metal Nerdery podcast. Be sure to follow along, share us with a friend on the social media, Facebook, Instagram, at Metal Nerdery Podcast. That is at Metal Nerdery Podcast. You can also go to our website, metalnerdery.com, and follow along with the show, metalnerdery.com slash episodes. Nerd out. All right. Welcome back. Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Welcome back to the Metal Nerdery. It is us, the three the bald nerds. amigos. Me yeah. and you and you and me. The three bald nerdy amigos, the Bill, the Adam, and the Matt. And today, we will be talking about super groups. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> no, they don't go on the stage wearing capes like they did in the 70s. It's oh, not that on. kind of super group. I want I mean, to see uh, Captain Chaos from Cannonball Run. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> he plays bass, actually. <laughs> but, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, Captain Chaos is a bass player. Him. Him plays bass. <laughs> but yeah, super groups are basically, I, I'm not really a sports guy, but as I understand sports, you've got like all-star teams where it's got the best of the best, you know, the best quarterback, the best wide receiver, the best kicker, whatever. So in metal, you have super groups and you have it in rock too, but we're talking about metal. Where you got like because a, metal. Yeah, because metal. So you got like the best <laughs> singers, you got the best guitar players, the best drummers, the bass players, best bass place players. players. That's the most blessed plow. <laughs> but you got all those things and yeah. put them together and it creates something totally unique. But it's it's like cherry picking all your favorite bands and making one ginormous awesome band. Sometimes they turn out better than others. Yes. This <laughs> is also true. It's not a consistent recipe for success, but sometimes it's cool just for the uh just for who's involved, just watching the videos. Like uh we just watched Hearinade. <laughs> Bill, oh boy, stars. <laughs> Bill had never seen it, and so we're like, "Oh, dude, you got to see this." Yeah, I want to thank you for that. <laughs> this is the we're ultimate stars. super group. <laughs> In case you're wondering, this yeah. is the yeah, ultimate. Yeah, watch that. You'll be group. singing that for the rest of the day. And it's a super group, like nobody's super group, because it's got like okay, all... they're on the list down here. We'll get into it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Easy Tiger, Sima. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, Maya. I got ahead of myself there. Uh, moving on yeah no it's a it's a cool concept like you were saying bringing all these uh different it's cool too because when you bring guys from different bands that you normally wouldn't kind of think would work together you know what i mean these guys from some heavier groups some not so heavy groups or even sometimes guys from bands you may not even know about right that's a good way for bands like that to kind of raise their visibility find, find new stuff new horizons definitely Absolutely. So, I don't know. I just put together a list here of some different stuff, varying degrees of heaviness. But, uh, heavy metal groups. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I just kind of did it in alphabetical order here. Alphabetical. Alphabetical. Flambetical. A perfect circle. Yeah. First on the list, a perfect circle. The new Mater was in that. I wasn't sure too many of the other ones. Wow. Got from Smashing Pumpkins, Filter, Devo. Wow, Queens of the Moms Growing. Uh, pardon me. Don't forget the Eagles of Death Metal down there. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, they uh, formed in 1999. Primus. It was a good year. Right before yeah, Mater James Keenan on vocals. We all know he came from Tool. And, we have a new uh, one coming out. I knew the... Uh, I knew the drummer from Tool did some time in Green Jello, but I did not realize Maynard did also. So, hmm, I wonder if it was like a Tool side band or something. It was pre-Tool, I think, wasn't it? I don't know. I know they were around kind of in the early '90s. I guess Tool kind of started like right was late '80s, early '90s, I think. Early '90s. Maybe, maybe that might have been one of those side things we didn't uh, know about till later. So yeah, you got Maynard, Billy Howardell play guitar, keyboards. From Ashes Divide that I am not familiar with. Sounds like a metal band. And James Ehaw on guitar from the Smashing Pumpkins. Ehaw. Oh, wait, that's not how that works. <laughs> Matt McJunkins. I just kind of like his last name. McJunkins. Sounds like a drug that's addict. A great name. <laughs> He's a bass player. He probably is a drug addict. From the uh, Eagles of Death Metal. And then you got the drummer Jeff Friedel from uh, Filter and Devo. Huh. Would be good. That first album's great, man. Eagles of Death Metal? <laughs> no, Perfect Circle. Oh, I thought you were talking about Devo. <laughs> Focus, man. <laughs> well, I mean, Matt McJunkins was the last thing we talked about, but then I realized yeah. Perfect Circle was the bigger overarching topic. Sorry, moving on. <laughs> yeah, so some past members that have been through there, uh, you got people from Queens of the Stone Age, Iggy Pop, uh, Danny Loner from Nine Inch Nails. You remember Angerwatt? Oh, yeah. Or what? Uh, hearing them on the wreckage. Paz, I don't know her last name, from the Pixies and Jarbo I've heard of. Jarbo. Jordy White from Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, Tim Alexander from Primus. Tim Herb Alexander. Josh Freeze did some time in uh, Sting and Green Day. Josh Freeze, that name sounds really familiar. That's what I thought. I think I was thinking the Josh Fromm or whatever from Queens. Maybe. So Josh Hunter, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, they put they put out four albums. Yeah, the first one for me is it just it it, it always gets me in a good. Uh, I have to be in the right kind of mood, but it's, like a positive headspace. Yeah, it, it just always does me good. Yeah, it's it, been a while since I've listened to it. There's but. just something about it. I don't know. It's 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 just a good vibe. It's a little bit dark, but it's so melodic and. I remember I had more it's of a melodic feel than the Tool stuff. It was one of the things yeah. I liked about it because it. I remember I read some interview with Mayer one time. He said that a perfect if Tool was more of getting deep here on the metal nerdery, but if go to, deep, if, baby, going deep. Ouch! But if Tool was more like the masculine side of his musical personality than a perfect circle, he said was more like his feminine side, meaning I guess more melody and traditional structures. But the vibe of the songs was more straight ahead. Way more straight ahead than Tool. Yeah. And way less aggressive than Tool. Yeah. Anyway, I liked it for yeah. what it was. I got the second one, listened to it some, and then I kind of fell off the perfect yeah. circle radar. Yeah, I didn't really. I have the second one as well, and um, it Sophomore didn't do slump. me like the, yeah. Yeah, like the first one did, but you know, so, I still listen to it every now and then. Sometimes that super group formula is hard to. Hard to keep yeah, up I've got to admit, I uh, I never delved into it because you know my unpopular. I'm not a giant tool fan. Adam's opinion. unpopular opinion. But you know, you don't like the giant tools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like smaller. I like hand tools. <laughs> hand tools. <huh? laughs> You're not into the big tools, son. Preferably with batteries. <laughs> Come on, let's go to chainsaw minute. warehouse. Come on, son. Chainsaw. 
<laughs> that's a, that's the other podcast. <laughs> yeah, come check out our chainsaw nerdery podcast. Chainsaw nerdery, yeah. Hand tool nerdery. <laughs> Hand tool nerdery. <laughs> that's stupid. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. This looks like a happy dude. Uh, a little bit of adrenaline mob. Ah, the modern day connection. A little progginess there. Yeah, you got a uh, singer from uh, Symphony X. Russell Allen also. He has a little tinges of Dio in his Vox, his vocals. I've listened to a little bit of Symphony X. I've never, I have to admit, I've never listened to adrenaline mob much. They're kind of so more rocky. I've heard some stuff here and there. Their songs are good, I think. But, uh, yeah, a couple guys I'm not familiar with, with from a band I'm not familiar with, Stereo Satellite, but hmm. uh, some past members that have come through, Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater, of Sons course. of Apollo, and everybody else. <laughs> not everybody else but Dream Theater. Yeah, Paul DeLeo point. from Fozzie on bass, Rich Ward from our local Stuck Mojo on guitar. Uh, hey, Lilanda. John Moyer on bass from Disturbed, and Geoff Tate's Operation Minecraft. Yes, he's from my band, but he's playing in this other band that's influenced by my band. <laughs> that's why I keep getting my ass kicked. This is Geoff Tate. My band. <laughs> I'm the chief executive my. songwriter of my band. It's very influenced by my music. <laughs> I'm influenced by myself through other people. <laughs> <laughs> my head hurts. <laughs> you got AJ Pirro on drums from Twisted Sister and a little Blaze Bailey. Ah. Very connection. Leonhard, bass from Tantric. 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 David Zabladowski. That's a mouthful. <laughs> on bass from Trans Siberian Orchestra. Also a mouthful. Oh, yeah. Which those guys are pretty kick ass. Yeah, they are. <laughs> to be a Christmas band. You yeah. just want to go full blown production metal, you know? I mean it's like Oh yeah. It's yeah, Prague it's Prague holiday metal. That's what that is. Big time. That's the Prague holiday those metal. Those guys are talented as shit. Yeah, they they have released three albums: Omerta in 2012, Men of Honor 2014, and We the People 2017. Their stuff's kind of cool. You have to be kind of in the mood for it, but it's it's got it's not overly like progressive. It's more like traditional, more good songs, and mm -hmm. just kind of you know not over the top instrumental craziness. But it's more about songs, but. I do like it. I've got I've got some other stuff. The audio uh, salve. One a little more familiar with. Yeah. Audio salve. Salve. <laughs> also known as Rage Against the Soundgarden Machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's some good shit right there, man. Yeah. It is cool. I like Audio Slave. Ever since it came out. It's, yeah, they formed that in two thousand one. The the, the first two the first album was a little more intense, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. It's it's a little more in your face, but Man, the, oh yeah, a lot the, of the sound there. and the a lot of talent. vocal. I mean, he was ridiculous on that. See, one, this man. is this is one of those where if you just wrote that down on paper, Chris Cornell with Raging Against the Machine, you'd be like, "What it, the? It sounds what? bad on paper." Yeah, that doesn't even sound good. But damn, they made it work. And, <laughs> and I read something where he he where he walked in and you know was gonna start playing with him, and he even felt a little bit like. Like not right about it, yeah. or no, not 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 that it's not right. It's just that it's like I don't know, man. You know, yeah, just kind of unsure of yeah. uh, what the pro outcome might be. Yeah, but yeah, man, yeah. It, it worked for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's just got a badass fucking voice. 
and it just worked. It worked perfect with that music. Yeah, yeah. They kind of, I think they sort of, they were kind of their own thing in a way. Yeah, because I mean the music is, was obviously which is good. Yeah, Rage Against the Machine type music, but it was it was kind of dialed back a little bit. You know, it was I a thought it more, had more of a bluesy thing. It was a little more musical. Yeah, but it also seemed to have more of a bluesier. Like you said, maybe more musical tinge than the rage stuff because the rage stuff was more about just sort of anger and fuck oh, yeah. you, and yeah. get all out that the stuff. angst. Like the rage, rage to me had a it was a you know approaching the rap, you know kind yeah. of yeah. new metal kind of stuff, and Audio Slave was was more on the metal rock kinda, rock you kind know, of that path. side of it. Yeah, yeah. it was more consistent. I think that's kind of what made it for a better sound because I mean the rage guys. Had some of those metal components, you know, like Bulls and Parade and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, but they had that they had that real kind of dry in your face kind of mix, very raw. Yeah. yeah. Where this was this was definitely more slick. Yeah. Know. Yeah, they got a little bluesier as they went on. Like Out of Exile was really good, but it wasn't quite as intense as the the debut. And then Revelations, I think, got even a little more bluesy. Still, still good, but yeah, they were all awesome to me. I can, I can, I can put all three of them in and not, Gross. not miss a, not can, miss a tune. For you sure. can put all three in. Oh yeah, <laughs> all at once. Note to self for later. <laughs> Hello, will be my audio slave? <laughs> put them in my ear. We'll have to slip something in his drink next time we have a metal nerdy road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Can have some good aural. I've got two ears, you aural. know. Uh, wait, I'm driving. <laughs> Whenever we stop, we can get some nasal. You know, whatever's good for you guys. <laughs> Be like that scene in uh, get a head the whole first. nine yards. Did you ever see that? Oh, yeah. Matt Perry, like him and Bruce Willis wake up in the same bed. Matthew Perry's like, my ass hurts. <laughs> Bruce Willis is like, he fell down the stairs. He's like, okay. <laughs> and then he opens the door, and it's like a one-room, mo- one, one-floor motel. And he's like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Nudge, uh, nudge. Those, were, those were good movies. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> uh, one kind of near and dear to my heart, Badlands. Yes, 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 yes. Formed in 1988, kind of from the aftermath of uh, Jakey Lee getting booted out of Ozzy. That was uh, I love Badlands. Was man. he booted? Yeah, he, he got, was booted. Yeah, supposedly he was working on a car in his driveway or something. From the the way the lore goes, the myth. And Sharon basically was like, I think, was it a phone call or did he get something in the mail? I can't remember. I was thinking it was something very impersonal, like a, a, it might have been the mail or a phone call or something, but it was kind of a very impersonal, almost like, fuck you, you're out. Yeah, he'd been doing it like three or four years. He's like, I, uh, everything was good. We were off tour. I was at the house working on a car. Next thing I know, I'm out of a job. You know? Oh, wow. Holy shit. <laughs> What a burn. Right? <laughs> I, guess, I guess Sharon didn't feel like was she like, was rich enough. I mean, and that was after two awesome albums. Bark at the Moon, The Ultimate Sin. I mean. But you know know. what? It worked out for the best because Badlands was super, super awesome. Yeah, so you take Jakey Lee, you add Greg Chasen from a band called Steeler on bass. And you get uh, Ray Gillen and Eric Singer. Black Sabbath Connection. Former Black Sabbath. Eric Singer. Also the Kiss Connection. Doing the Kiss, but. uh, Catman. (laughs) Catman do. Catman don't. (laughs) (laughs) That Catman don't. Yeah, they put three albums out, self-titled 1989, Voodoo Highway 91, and then uh, kind of a posthumous, that's how you say that, right? Yeah, that means after he's dead. It was after Ray Gillen died. Uh, Dusk. It was, Dusk was good, but it was, 
I almost wonder if I hear it differently because it didn't get the same kind of mainstream release as the debut in Voodoo Highway. It's possible. Uh, I go back and forth. It kind of depends on which what what day it is, whether I like Badlands or Voodoo Highway more. It's, it's kind of goes. Voodoo Highway is more bluesy. Badlands has that kind of Zeppelin thing going on. Yeah, more. a little more hard rock, and then yeah, Voodoo Highway is a little more bluesy. But I just love those albums. I do too, man. The and band I, was freaking on, man. Well, it's something about just the magic of all of them because Ray, like Ray Gillen and Sabbath, we talked about this before on the Sabbath episode. But you know that Eternal Idol album with him doing the vocals was kick ass. And he sounded like he would be a perfect fit for that version of Sabbath. But then he comes to Badlands and it's like he's able to kind of give it even more of like a Robert Plant, you know, injection to kind of give it more of that blues rock feel. He fucking nails it, man. I mean, it's just mm. power. Yeah, it's, Badlands just kind of had that. I mean, they sounded modern for the time, but they kind of had like a 70s hard rock kind of throwback vibe to them. Very Zeppelinish, I thought. Yeah, plus fucking... I, Jake, man, I love that guy. I'd read some interesting factoid about a. Is that as a, as far as debut albums go, that that was one of the biggest selling debuts I think that Atlantic ever had. Oh wow! That Atlantic Records ever had. Really? Yeah. So that's. And I remember when it came out, everybody was buzzing about it. Hmm. There's some badass songs on that. Oh fuck yeah! Absolutely. Seasons, High Wire. High Wire, man. Dreams in the dark. High Wire gets you going every time. Oh yeah. yeah. But that's one of those, uh, we do another uh, Can't Be Loud Enough episode that's, yeah. Which we will. Yeah, that's got to be on there. It's coming. Crank it up, fuckers. (laughs) Make it loud. Contraband. Yeah, I had to throw this. This was like, I'd only been into metal for a few years. This was kind of like when the whole super group uh, idea, first time I kind of like knew of one, you know what I mean? Got or found one. Yeah, I, I knew they'd been around before, but. Uh, you got, uh, I don't know. I never heard of the singer's band, Shark Island. I don't know. <laughs> Richard Black. But you got Michael Schenker on there. Everybody knows who he is. I UFO, am, MSG. I'm, I'm Dick Black from Shark Island. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to keep moving here. You got Tracy Guns from uh, L.A. Guns. Uh, bass player, Cher Peterson from, uh, I put that wrong. She's from Vixen. <laughs> She's <laughs> She's from bass. She plays bass in a band called Bass. bass. Vixen. <laughs> and then uh, old Bobby Blotza from Rat. But uh, yeah, they put one album out and then it pretty much, that was it. <laughs> I don't think it went as planned. Uh, oopsie. I guess that was one of those in the formula where it just didn't work out. A lot, a lot of good magic. musicians, but... Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard it. I remember hearing mention of it, I think, early on, because that was kind of back in the time when I was starting to soak up everything like a sponge. You know, if it was metal and it was anybody I'd heard of, I'm like, okay, I want to listen to that, that, that. I remember, I really heard I remember seeing the video. I mean, you could play it right now. I might, I wouldn't even know what it was, you know what yeah. I mean? It's been so long. Forget I just threw it on there because that was kind of a throwback to... One, one that you recalled? My early days. Yeah, it came out in 1991. We were so young back then. A long time ago. Back when we had air. Still in the high school. I had graduated high school that year. Uh, the damn Yankees. <laughs> Say what you will about the damn Yankees, damn it, but I like the damn Yankees. That's talented musicians in there. I mean, come on. 
Tommy Shaw from Sticks, Jack Blades, Night Ranger, Ted Nugent, The Nuge. The Nuge. And Michael Cardelloni. Wasn't he in The Godfather? <laughs> I think so. Evidently, he started playing drums for Leonard Skinner, too. Wow. He was in the Leonard Skinner. That's some gangster shit right there. <laughs> and Accept. Of course, you know, I mean, if you think about it, all those bands, you know, kind of almost epitomized in a way like hair metal of like the 70s. Because Styx was sort of, Styx was bordering on kind of, not really hair metal, but more proggy. And of course, Night Ranger was kind of, yeah. yeah, the girls like Night Ranger, just a Christian. Definitely more on the radio side of things. So that kind of yeah. gave that album sort of that hair metal-ish feel. But then Don't Tread was more like a heavier, which it was actually kind of a cool record, but it was heavier, I think, than the first one. And then you had the Nudes. That guy was, he's always barely in control, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> always. That's what makes him metal. Even though he's not a metal guy, he's he's got the metal at heart. Yeah. I mean, he had a loincloth for a while, for God's sakes. I mean, there you go. Yeah, I watched that live show from 76 last week. I think he was in Germany. It's just insane, man. I mean, the dude was nuts. He was full throttle. He's totally sober, you know yeah. what I mean? Acting like that. That's why he was nuts, because there was nothing weighing him down. <laughs> the the <laughs> singer and the bass player were crowded over there on the right side of the stage and the Nuge had the whole left in the center and he used it all. <laughs> he used to have so much energy like watching him perform. It's like, Jesus, man. It's like, and there's no drugs involved and you're thinking, how does he do it? Yeah, there's one scene where he's like, he's just ripping his guitar. He's He's got one of those big hollow-bodied Gibson like 335s or whatever. He, well, he always played those for yeah, the longest. But he's like, he's, right, he's just ripping out the solo and he's just chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> but he just yeah. looks like a fucking madman too because yeah, he just does. his hair's going there was, he has his, there was one there was one part on that where he let out this big scream it was like it was like Tom Araya before Tom Araya I mean like, <laughs> like, seriously it was that sort of like <sighs> primal scream yeah nice but he was probably just missing his loincloth I don't know <laughs> maybe that's the reason but yeah they put out two albums self-titled 1990 and Don't Tread 92 by the way, I just want to give a quick plug. We're going to have some metal nerdery loincloths for sale on the website pretty soon. So uh, look for them. The logo will be strategically placed. So they're, we'll, they're still in the design mode. We'll, we'll so. get Bill to work on that. Yeah, we're all. working on it. But it's a concept. <laughs> metal nerdery loincloths coming, coming soon. Christmas 2019. <laughs> I won't be getting one. Feel free. I might. Maybe. Maybe I can model it for the page. Millie can model it. Fuck it. I'm not doing that shit, guys. I don't fucking wear loincloths. I go commando. <laughs> That's more than we needed to know, but thank you for that. Yeah, so, moving on to down. Yes. I think possibly the best one. I Every, think so. Everybody should know who down is. It's the best, yeah. best supergroup in metal, or none. Yeah. I, I think that kind of goes without reservation. Yeah, formed in 1991. Got uh, Phil Anselmo vocals, Jimmy Bauer on drums from I Hate God, COC, Pepper Keenan, COC, Short Stint Metallica. I learned something on this. Uh -huh. He actually tried out for the uh, bass player spot after Newstead. Oh, I remember mm -hmm. that. That was in some kind of monster yeah, I didn't know documentary. That. Yeah, that's what it said. I had no, I didn't know that at all. Interesting. That would have been weird. Yeah. They actually show parts of the audition and stuff. Pretty cool. It'd probably been a pretty serious raise for him oh yeah uh, uh patrick bruders on bass from crowbar and godor godor 
I actually have a Goat Horse CD. I kind of like it. It's pretty good. They got a black metal, a little bit of thrash. And then uh, the newest member, Bobby Landgraf, uh, pretty much know him from a band called Honky. That's racist, by the way. (laughs) Uh, I think the bass player in that band, Honky, is from the Butthole Servers. I'm not mistaken. I feel like I've heard those two terms associated together. They kind of, there's a trio. They kind of have like a ZZ Top thing going on. They got cowboy hats and and, uh, I think they both play like flying Vs, guitar and bass. Mm. I don't know. Pretty good. Pretty heavy. With a name like Hockey, I got to go check that out. It sounds awesome. Uh, Past members, you got Todd Strange on bass from Crowbar, Kirk Weinstein or Weinstein, however you say his name. I think it might be Weinstein. Yeah. From Crowbar and Kingdom of Sorrow, which is another kind of a super group. With yeah, him with and, Jamie uh, Josta. Yeah, from uh, Hatebreed. Hatebreed, which is a pretty good CD. Uh, pardon me. And old Rex. Rex Brown on bass from Pantera and another sort of super group, Rebel Meets Rebel. Rebel Meets Rebel. Which is Pantera minus Phil and David Allen Coe. Oh, wow. So, we saw uh, once when he was so, shit-faced. So, so, put that together. It's it's pretty good, though. I like yeah, it. but it is. It is cool. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of like Van Tail. Van Tail. Van Tail? What? It's kind of like, like Van Tara at like a redneck bar, basically, if you can think about it that way. There you go. I just described Rebel Meets Rebel. Van Tara at a redneck bar. It's good stuff. I like oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I never I've never got to see them. Oh man, they're you saw them, very, though, right? I've seen them a few times. I remember one time that you me- suck. the I Melvins opened, and they had kind of different bands. I remember when they when the Melvins opened. I think that might have been at Center Stage, and they did one at the Masquerade. I think they might have come there a few times, but yeah, wow. they were cool to see live. I thought I didn't realize they were 1991. Yeah. I mean, that, I know the first record's 95, but 91, that's crazy. That was one of those weird things that they're like over the years, I think people kind of was like, you know, what the hell took so long? Cause, and I think they explained it, if I remember correctly, in the liner notes for the first album. Because there was all this buzz about, you know, they've been together f- since the 90s, but their schedules kind of clash. Because think about from 91 to 95. That was all Pantera. Pantera was doing shit. COC was doing shit. They put out a few albums. Yeah. I mean, people were busy. Crowbar was going pretty strong back then. Yeah, so I mean, that early part of the 90s was kind of, it's like they started and then they kind of did their own thing and then they came back. But then when they did, man, that first mat, that first album was... Yeah, Nola. Uh, magic. Awesome. Magic. It's, it's glorious. It is very glorious.
I really think everything they've done has been glorious. I, uh, when I was kind of looking up some of this stuff, I read a review for Down 2, and they were, one guy said it was kind of a letdown after the first one. I was like, what? did we listen to the same uh, record? No doubt. Because I love that fucking Dude, yeah, that, to me, that took the first one and, like, added that extra layer of, you know, suicide that paneling album. and shag carpet. I mean, it was, like, yeah, taking me album. back to the 70s. Brilliant, man. Yeah. yeah. There's so many good so songs many. on that. So many. It kind of, like, it, it took that foundation from the first one and just opened it up. I mean kind of brought in some more influences they they kind yeah. of spread out a little bit no sophomore slump on that one not no, at all absolutely not in fact it had more texture too because you had the kind of like the you know the the more subdued things like where i'm going and then like right, dude yeah. interlude which was right. really fucking cool and seven years seven years later yeah amazing yeah, album. i got that right before i got my house that's how i remember <laughs> yeah then another five years you get down three over the under that one was really cool too. Mm-hmm. Kind of to me, that one was sort of like the. Remember how we were talking before about how seasons is kind of almost the culmination of Rain and Blood and South of Heaven. To me, Down Three is kind of like taking the first like Nola and Down Two and kind of putting them together. Mm. It has that feel to me. But yeah, I dig the third one too. Yeah, and the uh, the live package was really good. Diary of a Mad Band. Yeah, I never heard that. And here it is. It's good. Is it? There's two live CDs, and then there's actually a uh, a DVD that's got some of their shit filmed, like at a club theater, maybe in Europe, and then part of it's got stuff like from Download, and the Download shit is crazy, man, because they're playing like it's almost like watching that Moscow Pantera show. It's like loads and loads of people and they're playing eyes of the south and it's loud and they're just like fills up there all fucking you know but yeah it's it's really cool and the sound quality is good too good deal i like it a lot something i read about the the down four and you may have read this too they had planned to release four eps so their fourth album wasn't going to be a fourth album per se it was supposed to be down four part one because they were all eps down four part one and part two were like maybe six or seven they're not even like a proper album and they planned to do four parts to it and they got to part two and then that kind of fell apart which was sad it is sad because i like that concept i thought the idea was kind of cool it's not sad that pepper went back to coc though no that's no. not because i've seen him twice now since he got back in oh, that's yeah. freaking righteous i bet it is <laughs> i love it I bet it is it's one of my favorite shows to see coc I baby kinda, i kind of like to see them on this tour yeah they're on tour now no cross no crown yeah we no shirt no we shoes no service. earlier this year and it was Freaking badass. Excellent. They played with Crowbar and uh, The Obsessed. Yeah. I can't remember the opening band, but... It would have been a cool shoe. And now for something a little bit different. They weren't really an official band, per se, I guess. They never released anything. Just kind of a uh, party band. Obviously. Gasoline. Uh, Evidently, Pantera would play every New Year's Eve at some point. Phil and Rex decided they were done with it, so typical Dimebag and Vinnie Paul style, they uh, found some other guys to play with because that's all they want to do is play. We want to go play and party, man. <laughs> Let's just go do it. So they got uh, a guy named Thurber T. Mingus 
from a band called Pump Jack. <laughs> Pump Jack. <laughs> and uh, okay. Jerry Montano uh, played bass with Hell Yeah and Nothing Face. Uh, but yeah, they basically would just play party shows. They would do 70s and 80s rock and roll metal covers. I think they threw a few originals in. A perfect fit for two-fourths of the uh, members of Pantera, the ultimate party metal band. Yeah, It's a pretty good fit doing New Year's Eve gigs. Absolutely. I'd love to go see that New Year's Eve show. There's some stuff on the on the YouTubes. Go check it out. It's, it's quality. Yeah. yeah, we were watching that a little bit earlier while you were out doing your thing, Matthew. And, yeah, we'll be uh, smoking the drugs, the cigarettes. I, I saw that they had uh, some like little one-gallon gas cans sitting on the drum riser. I was like, oh, a little stage prop. Then the singer-guitar player turns around, grabs it, turns it up, and starts drinking out of it. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. What the fuck's in this? Golden grain? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't recommend that. Keep no. drinking, son. No, they're pre-mixed black tooth grins. That's what they are. There you go. But, uh, only the best from that. But yeah, I mean, I can only imagine that would have been freaking cool to see. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. That'd be the best New Year's ever. Yeah, boy. Best goddamn New Year's <laughs> ever. And now? And now the one where I started to blow my load earlier. Oh, We're on to Bill's favorite. <laughs> on to this again. Hearing aid. Come on. It was already out of my mind. <laughs> it's back. Formed in 1985. Uh... <clears throat> Pretty much by Ronnie James Dio and the Dio band. Because he cries for the children. Kind of their answer to uh, We Are the World and all of that kind of stuff back in the day. But way more metal. Way more metal. Let's be honest. Yeah. So a ton, just a ton of people on this. I'm not going to hit all of them, but some highlights. Obviously Dio, Don Dawkin, Kevin DeBro, Rob Halford. Geoff Tate. Geoff Tate, how was how was the recording experience? For it was pretty good. I was going to tackle Don Dockin because I couldn't stand his voice, but I left it alone. And then karma came back to me on vulgar display of power. Oh, my God. But it was a lot so, of fun. So you, you refrained from uh, spitting on him? I refrained from spitting and or screaming in his face like I was doing mind crime outtakes. <laughs> good job, Dave. But we are stars. I mean, Jeff. Don't get mad at what me. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you are a star, right? So, uh, oh yeah, I'm and you always had a star. I'm Dave, a shooting Dave, star. Uh, I'm going to go supernova any minute. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait. I'm going to explode all over this basement. Gross. You'll be cleaning off the walls with a rag and a spatula. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go watch the weird stars here at anything. No, don't do it. <laughs> It's got the most guitar solos of any song and the most singer. They had to build like an extra wing on the studio just to house the egos of the singers and the guitar players in yeah. this band. So, <laughs> there it is. So, uh, all of those people I named off were just the lead vocalist. <laughs> so then you get into the backing vocals. Oh my God. You were, you got you uh, were ultra deep. Yeah. Tommy Aldridge from Ozzy. Basically, the whole rough. I've never listened to Rough Cut. I know the name. Well, you know the affiliation, right? No. Well, Craig Goldie was in Rough Cut. Of course, I he ended thought up he joining was in Dio. Gifria or whatever. He was too, but I think at one okay. point he was in Rough Cut. But he ended All up joining right. Dio well, later. I know that. So, yeah. Where's <laughs> So uh, you get the whole Dio band doing backing vocals, basically all of Quiet Riot. Uh, some Blue Oyster Cult guys: Brad Gillis of Night Ranger, Chris and Blackie from Wasp. 
George Lynch from Dokken, Ingwe. Even the Spinal Tap guys were there. How about that? You had Meg Mars and Vince from Motley Crue. You had uh, David St. Hubbins and Derek Smalls from Spinal Tap. Where was Nigel? The Nuge. Nigel was busy. Turning it up to 11. Uh, Neil Sean, Rudy Sarzo, Jeff Pilson, you know, the Nuge. The Nuge. So, yeah. <laughs> Where's <Well>, stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I got Hey, you got to admit, though, Bill, that's still way better than fucking Shandy. <laughs> I almost sent that to y'all last I, night just I to s- fuck with you. I still don't know that one. I'm going to send it to Consu- you. No, I'm don't. Still <laughs> really shouldn't. I'm still, still not going to listen to it either. You really shouldn't. not going to listen like, to no, it. No, He's no, going to send it to you and tell you it's a, a new version of uh, Rain and Blood or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this would be fucking all. Hey, wait. <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> Kill him. That's not cool. Now I can never unhear Shandy. All right. So now you get to the uh, lead guitar solos. <laughs> Basically, you had six solos. Nice. Each of them divided in half. I want to be first. So your, your first solos, Craig Goldie and Eddie, uh, that guy from Twisted Sister. Ojida. Uh, your second Ojida. solo, Vivian and Brad Gillis. Third solo, Neil Sean and George Lynch. And of course, you can't really, you almost can't differentiate. You can hear little pieces here and there, how they jump back and forth, but yeah, it's like uh, a stew. It's a mess. Fourth solo is Ying Wee. Dick. Malmsteen. Uh, Vivian Campbell. Fifth solo, George reappears with Carlos Cavazzo. Yes. And last solo, Brad Gillis and Buck Dharma from Blue Oyster Cult. The BOC. And this is what kills me down here on rhythm guitar. <laughs> Dave and Adrian from Iron Maiden. I mean, come what? on. Those guys. It should be the other way around. Thank you. <laughs> I thought it would have been cool if they would have done like their little Maiden melody thing, like that, or harmony thing. That would have been totally awesome. But okay. then they would have showed up everybody else. Right. Exactly. That's why they were like, you two guys just play rhythm. This is such a shame. There's only one bass player. But you know what the real I mean, shame about this is, Matt? Ian Hill wasn't there. Thank you. I knew you'd get that. I mean, you, <clears throat> we need to talk about that. This is the perfect time to talk about it because a lot of people out there in metal nerdery land aren't, aren't familiar. Ian Hill is like one of the most virtuosic bass players that, that metal has ever known. He's actually been on the cover. Of <laughs> you can't even bullshit without laughing. Yeah. Look, man, he's been on the cover of Bass Player Virtuoso magazine 15 times running. I mean, okay, basically, Ian, Ian dials it back so Billy Sheehan can look good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, he, that's he, what we're talking about. He keeps about. it subtle. He's a he's a field player, but he keeps it really subtle. <laughs> Does he, he feel? He doesn't like to get all. I mean, he can do like 8,000 notes a second. He can do that shit, but he's he likes to lay it back and, you know, he's got the crushing foundation, but, you know, he's, he he's influenced a lot. You got, you know, you got these guys that like show off, like Stu Ham, Stanley Clark. I mean, Ian Hill influenced Ingve. Ingve will never admit to it, but Ian Hill fucking influenced Ingve directly. It's like Ingve on bass, really. Basically, yeah, but better than Ingve. So if you can imagine better than Ingve, which isn't too hard to imagine on bass, <laughs> it's 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 amazing, man. Bass player, virtuoso magazine, Ian Hill. Go check it out. So there's 75 singers. <laughs> 105 <laughs> guitar players right. one and keyboard one, player and one bass one player one keyboard and one bass player <laughs> right. I mean, what is that saying uh, exactly it's, I mean they even had two drummers yeah Vinny Apiece from Dio and Frankie Benali from Quiet Riot I guess it's saying that bass players and keyboardists have the oh, lowest egos of all 
Good call. They are stars, but to Bill's point, they're not stars. Not here, anyway. No capes for you. Fuck off. You're not part of the superstar club. So if you wanna if you wanna dive deep into uh, 80s metal alumni, just just look up stars. Yeah, and you gotta watch the video because not only does that's what it have, I just said. Look, this isn't another soft intro incident. This is something <laughs> different. What I was gonna say was not only is the guitar solo long as shit, but it's got the longest outro of any song I've ever heard in my life. It's like half the song is a guitar solo, and then the other half is the outro. So anyway, it's fun. Go listen to it. Must be the one time Dio was hard up for lyrics. I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But he uh, cried because he loved the children, so. We're up to the witch. There was a lot of crying from me when I was watching the video. But, yeah. <laughs> but there was magic in the night. <laughs> it was there, awesome. There were shadows in the you light. You know it was awesome. <laughs> oh, Sam. Oh, Sam. A lot of, uh kick-ass wardrobe too going on oh, yeah, man. Yeah. well it was the 80s the I mean, hairstyles were great <laughs> yeah especially uh geoff i had the super chicken hawk <laughs> thing going on <laughs> it's kind of hard to manage i used a lot of styling gel and Why'd you, uh, how come you didn't take your sunglasses off because i'm too cool for that the camera well. steals your soul <laughs> notice how many videos queen's Rikes made i have no soul left thank you Sounds like Geoff's kind of been through some hard times. Uh, that was glorious. Thank you for that. Hi, <laughs> you're welcome. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah, man. Fortunately, a band that I never really got into. Eh, I never did either, really. They are a super group because you got, you got at least one-fourth of Pantera in there. Uh, several guys from uh, Mudvayne. Something <laughs> I found interesting looking this up, the bass player, Kyle Sanders, is a... Uh, What's his name's brother from uh, Mastodon? Troy, really, Troy Troy's? Oh. And you remember Peace Dogs yeah. from the local old ATL Atlanta scene? He was in Peace Dogs. Interesting. Cool. Where you had that CD? Yeah, I have no idea what happened to it. May have gotten traded. And uh, drummer Roy Mayorga from uh, did some ministry in Soulfly. I never really got the whole Mudvayne thing. I mean, I've heard him some, but I never cared for him either didn't really it's not that i didn't even care for him i just kind of i they were just didn't stick yeah the stuff i've heard i've liked is it kind of heavy groovyish kind yeah. of stuff or yeah yeah so i can't even re- i remember this one video where they had like style. the weird face paint and colors yeah. and shit but I, I can't really remember the yeah riffs. it's good no it's good i don't i don't you would recommend yeah absolutely if you like metal feel like a seal of approval <laughs> i didn't realize they had uh so many albums out so yeah I, I didn't realize that either kind of just didn't pay attention yeah I mean I, I'm the stuff that I hear I like but I don't I I just haven't really got into them for whatever reason yeah, yeah. same here you gotta admit though those first two albums sound way more kind of rednecky than the other ones hell yeah Stampede Stampede sounds like a cool album and then Band of Brothers Blood for Blood Undeniable and Welcome Home looks like that just came out this year yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I think I can't remember if they had some tracks from. Uh, yeah, they Vinny. do. Okay, yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah, three, three, three is the it's the one that they're playing a lot on the. Okay. On the satellites. Gotcha. I thought that's what I'd read, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. And moving right along, I threw this in for Matthew. Ah, the liquid tension experiment. <laughs> a little 
prog metal wankery going on here. Wankery. Which later, basically, all of, all but one of the members were effectively Dream Theater members. But as they did this, there were two Dream Theater members. Jordan Mordes was, I guess he was kind of a hired gun at that point, or he was just touring maybe with the drags. And then, of course, you had Tony Levin, who did King Crimson, and St. Peter Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Portnoy. So, yeah. I think what was amazing to me about these two wasn't it like didn't it like in a didn't they basically write this and record it in like a week or some crazy yeah. insane shit like that yeah i mean it's like when you're that level of musician it almost you know we're at the level we're at and we see these guys and it's like you know they just bust out an album and like you know yeah we recorded it in a few hours just came up with you know 18 hours of music in like three hours and just fucking put it together and it just kind of it was just flow it's like how do you do that matt you're such a slacker Look, man, I, I try to do 18 hours of music in three hours. I can't do it. There's not enough hours in the day. Yeah, I mean this... But they're fucking badass. Yeah, though. Liquid Tension Experiment, they're definitely not for they're everybody. Not, I mean, they're everybody. super prog wankery going on. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you can't listen to it and, and deny the level of what's going on. So sure. when, you, when you listen to it, they're playing crap that I could never think of if I had a decade. And they're, they're coming up with it writing it, recording it in a week. And, like, and, it, and it's instrumental yeah. shit, too, so it's kind of like you don't have to worry about, well, I would like the band, but the singer sucks, so I'm not going to listen to them. It's like, well, there's no singers. You don't have to... Thankfully, Portnoy didn't take it on himself to do background vocals on it just for the <laughs> fuck of it. It's a good thing he didn't do background on an instrumental record, right? Yeah, well, I was kind of almost expecting that he might, but thankfully he didn't. But the music's cool. Actually, on the first one, I think it was the show we saw back in... Uh, it was on the falling into infinity tour and after the show they were playing clips from what would become liquid tension one the first one. Oh, really yeah I and because i remember they were playing this shit and i could tell it was petrucci playing i'm like what the fuck is that because i was thinking it was some i was a total dream theater nerd still am and i'm like oh, is this some import thing i gotta find <laughs> and then a few months later i find the album of course loved it and you know the next year they came out with the second one but they're just amazing, man. But on that first one, they had four tracks at the end that was like 34 minutes of them just literally fucking around. And they hit record, and they paired it up into like four sections. And toward the end, they got to where they ran out of room. And so you hear, it's like an unmastered version, like where it's like the it ran out, and then they're playing like part of the original track toward the very, very end. But if, if you're a complete, like, prog metal instrumentalist nerd, you got to check this shit out. But it's it's insane, but it's brilliant. Yeah, it's impressive. If I was nice. British, should be sounding better. It's totally brilliant. Brilliant. Jolly. Brilliant. Jolly good. Bollocks. Fucking hell. It's fucking great. Yeah. Just had, to, had to throw that one in for you. Thank you, good sir. You're welcome. Uh, on with another big uh, super group there, Metal Allegiance. Yeah, yes. Including, new. including Junior Ellipson. Uh, formed in 2014. Basically, this guy, Mark Minji, is kind of the uh, the brains of the whole thing. Plays bass. Uh -huh. uh, and kind of wrote the songs, I guess. Originals that they did. Have you heard it? I haven't really. No. It's cool. Slacker. It, it, it takes into account the fun of metal. So it's, it's like that. Like, it's still, the songs are good, and playing's good, but it, it still gets back to the fun of it. I, I definitely need to check it out. But yeah, you would so like yeah, it. So, yeah, you got uh, Dave Jr. on bass from Megadeth, Alex Skolnick on guitar from Testament, Sabotage, Mike Pornoy, uh 
obviously. Dream Theater. Uh, some of the live people that have played with him. Andres Kisser from Sepultura. I'll let you say his name. Mark Osguida. Yeah, from uh, Death Angel. Charlie Benanti from Anthrax. Charlie. Dave Lombardo from Slayer. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Phil Dimmel from uh, Machine Head and Violence. Violence. Actually, did you know Violence is playing shows again? Really? Absolutely. Yes. I would like to <coughs> With the Sean be, Killian on the vocals? I think so, yeah. That would be cool. We saw him that one time. I'd like to see him. If they come, I would like to see him. Saw him at the ballroom for the wreckage benefit. Oh, wow. It's pretty cool. That's what I think about. Is that like kinetic descent? Damage, Violence. Maybe? That was the first time we saw a typo negative. Hmm. None of us knew anything about that. Oh, typo. that show. Yeah, that show. Oh, man, that show was awesome. Yeah, pretty awesome. But, uh, all right, focus. It was loud. Focus. Sorry, ADD on the middle nerdery. So, yeah, they've got two albums out. They Metal Allegiance, 2015, and Volume 2, Power, Drunk, Majesty, whatever that means, 2018. Let me have to check that out. I like the first one. Do you? I do. I own it, so I like it. The second one I've not heard, so I can't make it. A- I've probably gotten it from you at some point. The second one? I might even no, have it. No, the first I'm one. sure you did. Perfectly legal, perfectly healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Got it from you. Not from Napster. Okay. I just kind of had to throw that. I don't know why, but I put this in here. <laughs> well, those guys really look bad. <laughs> they have not aged well. Especially Eric Martin. I don't really know what he's, what that, I don't know. He looks like a, he almost, it's almost like he's trying to like play Bruce Dickinson is a character in some theatrical production. So he just looks bizarre. So Paul, we're, Paul Gilbert looks like he's in chemo. <laughs> Real friendly around here. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, oh, he just looks very kinda, positive, aren't we? <laughs> I guess the lack of hair makes his face look more narrow. And then so, the, uh, so what are you trying to say with all three of us? We, our faces look, <laughs> we would look very gaunt if we had hair, I guess. <laughs> So anyway, we're talking about Mr. Big. <laughs> yes. Uh, with Billy Sheehan on base. So yeah, you got Eric Martin from Avantasia, Scrap Metal, Billy Sheehan from DLR, and UFO. I didn't know you played in UFO. I didn't either. Mm-hmm. Paul Gilbert from Racer X and lots of other crap. Super Shredder. Uh, Richie Cotson was in there at one point. For, huh. uh, did some time with Poison and the Winery Dogs. And Pat Torpy, I think after their last album, uh, he had something. I can't remember what he had, but he died. Uh, but he played with David Lee Roth and The Knack, among others. But when I started looking at this, it kind of blew my mind. I had no idea they had that many albums. Wow. I remember like... I remember well, like the first two. I was like, and then... I can't think of a single song or No, anything. I can't either. They were totally off my radar. Yeah. By 89, by I was off into other, way other stuff. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I heard a little... I, I think I had that first one on tape. And of course, I think one of the cool... The coolest songs on it... sitting next to your winger tape? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was sitting next to my winger box set. Pay oh, attention. Okay, I'm sorry. Fucking oh, focus. I'm sorry. I'm Jesus. sorry. I should have known. My I think bad. you know, man. My bad. The box set, basically the Winger Shrine. It was next to that, so Winger. You and Stewart from uh, Beavis and Butthead, right? Fuck Stewart. He's an amateur. (laughs) 
He's got nothing on me. I've got the underwear that Winger wore on the last tour, but all the, all the members. No, I'm kidding. But no, I had like that first tape and I heard it from somebody else, but there was like one opening track that was cool. And then the rest of it was kind of, eh. It was Addicted to that Rush, I think was the opener. And that was a cool tune. And oh, they okay, I remember Rush. that one. You remember they actually opened for Rush on the Presto tour? Did they? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's how memorable that was. It's called a mnemonic device. Addicted to that Rush, they opened for Rush. They were addicted to Rush. There you go. I've just settled it all for us. Speaking of old tapes, look at what I found the other day. Oh, yes. The Queen's Reich. The Queen's Reich EP. Ep, the Ep, as they oh, call it yeah. in the biz. Yes. Long time I have, ago. I have this as well. And you know what Bill would say about that? Where's the... <laughs> that's awesome right there. That is awesome. That, right, that's history. Yeah. It is history. I bet this thing's worn, slapped the fark out, isn't it? I bet it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's the sad That's That's probably... I bet it's like... Perfect condition. I mean, yeah. What? I, I probably barely listened to it. Do you think you got it just because everybody else had it? That it was like... I don't know where I got it from, honestly. I don't, it might have just been um, whatever at Turtles, you know. You, I, I, who knows? The bargain bin. Or, or it could have been, oh, it, it looks cool. Let me check it out. Right, yeah. I also did I the artwork listen, for that album. Listen, <laughs> I listened to a little bit of it and eh, not so much for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the vocal stylings of G off Tate. But, but I kept it nonetheless. Well, thank you for keeping it. I'll take that as a fan gesture. Anyway. That's I pretty much, uh, I wore mine out, I think, pretty well. I ended up going out and buying the re-release of the first one where they included all that live in Tokyo stuff. Of course you did. 1983, it says. Now that is next to my winger box. Set. Holy shit balls. <laughs> yeah, 83. I was uh, surprised looking at this that Mr. Big was on Atlantic all the way up till 2001. Yeah. I mean, they, kinda... they made it through the 90s on a major. I mean, And I don't really remember him getting a lot of I don't remember hearing anything Probos about at all in the 90s. Mm, me either. Totally off my radar. Just kind of, eh, just kind of. But they were super groupish, although that, I guess in every super group, there's at least one member that nobody's heard of because Eric Martin, I've never heard of any of those other bands. Scrap Metal or Avantasia? Scrap Metal is a, uh, from what I could tell, it's a new thing. It's okay. It's, it's people from various metal bands. I think Lita Ford's involved in it, some other people, but they just... They just kind of do some one-off shows here and there. But in that one, I wonder if he was kind of the, well, I don't know, Pat, I don't know if Pat Torpey was like a known, because back then that was, I guess it was the whole Shredder thing with Paul Gilbert and Billy Sheehan, which was impressive live because they'd do solos and shit and they were just like, you know. Just that, like that? It, it's exactly, that was kind of a. With distortion maybe? I don't know. A little bit of delay. That, that was a very rough <laughs> guesstimate of what their guitar and bass stuff sounded like, but I do my best. Ah, yeah. Now here's kinda a shocker. Of, yeah, it's kind of one of my favorite sort of supergroup deals. Uh, Nail Bomb formed in '94. Max Cavalera from Sepultura, Soulfly, Cavalera Conspiracy with uh, Alex Newport from Fudge Tunnel. Gross. <laughs> they pretty much all played guitar, bass, did samples, vocals. They kind of just did it all. It's uh, is it kind of more industrial? A little bit. I would. I was telling Bill about it earlier. It's maybe kind of like a ministry, sort of, kind of like you know, heavy, but a little bit of kind of like Sepultura meets ministry. Yeah, something like that. You know, hmm. I remember you used to play him. I'd hear him some off and on, and it sounded cool. But I, 
I played the shit out of that CD. <laughs> and I don't really remember it having like a solid, bring it. solid drum sound. That's why I was kind of wondering. I think it. I think on the album it was a drum machine, if I remember correctly. Hmm. I remember uh, it was heavy as shit, intense. I think on some parts anyway, because down here it's got uh, Igor playing drums on some of it, and uh, Andreas from uh, Sepultura also doing some guitar, and Dino from uh, Fear Factory on guitar. He has a badass sound. Oh yeah, fat. But they just they just put the one album out in '94, point blank. I haven't listened to it in a while now, but uh, I would, you inspired was, me. I think I'm gonna. It was in the it was in the CD up. player a lot. Oh nice. Yes. I'll have to go nice. pull that up. We'll have Give to play some. Yes, we shall. Good shite. We shall do it. To the uh, the other big, huge, mega, freaking <laughs> super group uh, on par with the Hearing kind of thing, uh, Roadrunner United. Huh? You didn't know about this? I feel like it did, but when I might have been really medicated when this happened because <laughs> I, it doesn't. It looks familiar, but yet I have no idea what's yeah, going on. It was on. from the. It's like early early two two thousands, mid two thousands, something like that. Two thousand five, I think. Uh, basically, they took the whole Roadrunner roster. They came up with four team captains, what they called them. Rob Flynn from Machine Head Violence. Uh, Dino from Fear Factory. Joey Jordanson from Slipknot. And Matt Heafy from Trivium. And they were basically, they just said, I feel like I saw Pick, get, pick like guys that. from some of our bands and write songs, basically. Did they do yeah. the whole charity thing, or was it just no? More it had like nothing to, to do with charity. It was just a. It was like a 25th anniversary kind of project for Roadrunner. I think I do remember seeing. Yeah, it sounds familiar. But uh, some of your vocalists, Howard Jones from Killswitch, Glenn Benton, Deicide, King Diamond, Max, Danny Filth, 
Corey Taylor, Michael Ockerfeld. Wow. The other Kill Switch singer, Jesse Leach. Vision of Disorder. Yeah. And PETA. PETA Steel. Vision of Disorder. They were a pretty good band. I had two of their albums. This is way more metal than the hearing aid thing. Yeah, just oh, a yeah. little bit, right? <laughs> this is extremely more metal than the hearing aid. This is like ultra hearing aid. <laughs> This is, this is a hearing aid on 11. <laughs> exactly. My hearing aid goes to 11. You should hear my hearing aid. Uh, some of the drummers, a uh, guy from Camara who I never really listened to. That guy Roy from Hell Yeah again. Roy. Johnny Kelly from Typo. Dave McLean of Machine Head now with... No. Oh, come on, man. Sacred rights. Sacred rights, yes. That's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I saw the name and I was like, I don't know. Uh, I had a moment. You know, of course. Jesus, they had a ton of fucking musicians. uh, Jeff Waters from Annihilator on guitar. Nodgers from Sepultura. The Cannibal Corpse guys. Rob Bear from Cannibal Corpse. James Murphy of Death, Testament, and a lot of others. More Vision of Disorder. Yep. Uh, More King Diamond. Jim Rue from Slipknot. Three Inches of Blood guys. Andy LaRock. Badass from King, from Diamond. King Diamond. Yeah. Uh, on bass, Christian Old Wolbers from Fear Factory. More Slipknot. Some Death. More Kill Switch. Yep. Wow. I need to go check this out. I feel. I think <laughs> I remember this now. I think I remember seeing it in the store. I guess I was kind of like, eh. No, there's a lot of good stuff on there. I don't know why I passed it up. Uh, keyboard programming. You got the guy from Frontline Assembly, uh, Josh Silver from Typo, Peter from Typo, and uh, that Junkie XL guy. I don't know. I've heard of Junkie XL, but I couldn't tell you anything. Is that more kind of electronic stuff? Or? I guess. I don't know. Well, Frontline no Assembly, I think, kind of was. Weren't they sort of yeah. more like a, like a heavy kind of... I don't want to say house band, but I feel like they had that kind of techno thing, maybe a little bit of industrial. From what I know. Mixed in. But yeah, they put out the uh, the one album, the All-Star Sessions. All-Stars! <laughs> <laughs> Not again, no. Stop that. Sorry yeah. about that. But yeah, it's there's some good tunes on there for sure. I mean, I think I may have heard one of the ones that Howard Jones did. Because they might have, they may have video about it, or I might have. And then they played. Uh, seen it. I'm sure they did. At some point, they did a uh, like a big concert with all of them. That would be can, cool. Yeah, they got a DVD of it, so that'd be way cool. I'm sure it's on the YouTube's. Yes, probably so. Yeah, I think I'm getting yeah towards the end here. Seems like half of these bands have Dream Theater uh, involvement. Well, that's probably because Mike Portnoy decided he didn't want to be faithful to the band anymore and go off and basically be a whore for other bands. So that's what was going on. Well, he decided he wanted to get into all these other bands and play all this other music. So he... He likes to play. He likes to play a lot. But he's put together all these different projects because Sons of Apollo and... Like, that's more proggy even than, like, the Adrenaline Mob stuff. Have you listened to the Sons of Apollo? Some of it. It kind of... It's weird because when I think about Jeff Scott Soto now versus like in the Ingve days, right? It's like a different singer. Yeah, he's totally different. That dude's a badass singer. He's a though. badass singer, but it's like 
I still sometimes I'll hear it and it's like I don't recognize it as Jeff Scott Soto, but it's like if you hear he's not singing We Are the Vikings, I mean, you know. Well, but if you listen to Bruce on Number of the Beast and Bruce now, I know it still sounds like fucking yeah. Bruce. He didn't sound like Jeff Scott Soto now, but it, I guess if I go back and listen to it in context relative to the first one, I might hear the subtleties and stuff. Yeah, I'd never really listened to it. Maybe like a month or two ago, I just I wanted to hear something I'd never heard before, so I pulled it up. I was curious, but uh, it's it's pretty good. I like it. I mean, I'm it's, go it's got your it it's got your dream theater type moments, but it doesn't it moves around. I mean, it's but uh, you got you got Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater, Jeff Scott Soto from Ying Wee and uh, Journey, the Ying Wee, Bumblefoot. That guy's from, actually uh, a killer guitar yeah, player. He really is, dude. It's he amazing. Was, yeah. I don't know what the hell that dude was doing at Guns N' Roses. Huh. Wasting When, his when time. I first heard about this project, I was like the guitar player from Guns N' Roses is playing with Billy Sheehan and Mike Portnoy and Derek Sherini. Yeah, that almost kind of looks like a shitty resume. It's yeah, like, it's dude, like, I don't think you're ready for this. No, he was ready. He was wasting his time before. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing oh, against yeah. GNR, but yeah, he's way more talented than that. Yeah. Freaking badass. Uh, Billy Sheehan and uh, like I said Derek Sherinian from Dream Theater, Dream Touch. Theater yep. Alice Cooper but uh, it's it's pretty good stuff pretty solid yeah I Rockin dig it prog proggy psychotic symphony I think uh, I think Portnoy uh, came up with the album cover of course kind of sort of a cool medievalish looking I think you see uh, vibe it's got the uh, the two double necks down there, the guitar and the bass. I think some drumsticks. It's kind of keyboards right there. I guess the headstocks look like what parts of a spires on a castle or something. No, the guitars are down here. I know, but look at the very very top. The, the yeah, headstocks. but these are the headstocks down here. Oh, well, that's weird. <laughs> so what's that at the top? There's like three. Don't little worry triangles. about it. Look, man, I'm trying to like. I'm trying to. That's a trio of anal intruders. Okay, what do you want? Well, that's just an explanation. You've given me that, so thank you. I can move on now. If you would like to investigate further, that is up to you. <laughs> Fudge tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> what is this word association? <laughs> Big pointy things, Fudge Tunnel. Okay. And on to a band that Bill does not like at all. <laughs> S.O.D. Yes. The Stormtroopers. No, nothing quite as... Uh, Quite as funny as like Scotty and commenting on the Killer Bees of doing a cover, an Anthrax doing a cover of SOD, which was basically them doing a cover band, which was themselves. <laughs> <laughs> My head hurts. <laughs> yes. Oh, the SOD is good stuff. Did you ever hear Bigger Than the Devil? I've, I think I've heard bits, but I need to. <laughs> There's some good shit I've on heard that. The whole thing. <laughs> There's some good stuff on that. But yeah, for those that don't know, formed in 85, Scott Ian on guitar, uh, Charlie Benante on drums from Anthrax, you got Dan Lilker on bass from uh, Nuclear Assault, Anthrax, uh, Brutal Truth, just tons of bands, and uh, Billy Milano, Always we all know Billy, Billy. We all greatest man, also of M.O.D. <laughs> Spandex and <laughs> Fudge packing man. A man. Fudge packing man. So, uh, yeah, they put three albums out Speak English or Die, the classic. Yes. 85. Bigger Always Than the classic. Devil, 99, which had a kick ass album cover. And it's a very kick ass album. Definitely yeah. listen to Take that. Take on Number of the Beast. And Rise of the Infidels, 2007. 
And they had an EP too. I'm not sure where it came out, but it was called Seasoning the Obese. <laughs> and it basically, <laughs> sort of God, the album cover basically is like a take on Seasons of the Abyss, but it's got like, you know, like the scorpions blackout. There's like forks over like the skull's eyes. And there's like <laughs> food, like logos coming out of his mouth, like McDonald's and Burger King. It sounds like Weird Al. But it's, it's funny shit, but I don't, I don't know if it's like just import only or something, but yeah, it's called seasoning. The song itself, seasoning the obese, cause it's like a take on Slayer. It's, it's fucking hysterical. You got to hear it. I have to look it up. Yeah, definitely. Got one called raise your sword. That's like a man of war tribute. Good stuff. Billy Milano wearing a loincloth. Uh, I don't think there was a video, but I think in the studio for the spirit of the song, I believe he was wearing a loincloth. Yes. <laughs> And kind of rounding things out because it's alphabetical with a velvet revolver, which guns and pilots, right? Or stone temple roses, which I have to say, other than what I probably heard on the radio here and there, I'm not familiar. Yeah, me either. Not too familiar. I've heard some of it. It's kind of got sort of the the energy and the rockiness of like STP with kind of more of the bluesiness of like GNR. Yeah, it seems like it's more. More rock and roll, you know, like metal rock and roll than yeah. it would be. Not super metal metal, but it's, no, it's no. definitely got the right. energy factor. Yeah. yeah. So they formed that in 2002. Hey. Slash on guitar, Duff McKagan bass, Matt Sorum drums, all of uh, Guns N' Roses. Can't be too bad if Scott Wilens. Right. And the, the other guitar player kind of caught me with. Dave Kushner, he did time in Danzig and Infectious Grooves. So that's kind, kind of, of a, a detour. Little interesting twist. Twist. <laughs> twist. Twist. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they put two albums out Contraband 2004 and Libertad 2007, which is evidently Spanish lingo for liberty. See? Just a tad. Just a tad. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What do, what, do you mean? Mean? what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Really? What do you mean? Of course, there's uh, you know tons of other ones that I had on my list that just didn't have time to get to. Like the little, probably a little more obscure, like Killer Be Killed. Yeah, I was thinking about that one earlier in terms of because that's got Dillinger Escape Plan, Sepultura, Mastodon, and it's cool because it's. All those different things factored together. Very good shit. Phantomus was another one I was thinking about. Yeah, I had Phantomas on here. Just handsome. Handsome, definitely. We, we could do a dive on that one sometime. Tomahawk is another one with uh, Mike uh, Patton and Dave Lombardo, I think. Really? Huh. Yeah. I'd like to check that one out. Uh, of course, you had your Brides of Destruction with Nikki Six and whoever else. <laughs> was it Nikki Six and Heroin? Or? No, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you got Kill Devil Hill, which was uh, Rex from Rex Pantera. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vinny Apice from Dio. They only did like one or two albums, I think. Yeah, I can't remember who else was in that, but uh, I had OSI on here. Yeah, that was a good one. That was Dream Theater, Fate's Warning, and well, Kevin Moore from and, Dream Theater. Uh, the one we talked about last weekend, MD45, Dave Mustaine, and... Uh, I, I still love that. that <laughs> something about that Leaving. album. Me, well, see, I didn't like it initially. I loved it, man. But I then was... as I listened to it over time, I got way more into it. Like, I didn't appreciate it when it came out. And then with time, I got more into it. And then when Dave re-released everything, it was like, it's not the same. 
It's not the same. And I got the winery dogs on here. That was Portnoy, right? Of course. Is that Portnoy? Yeah, I think so. I know Richie Cotson was in that. I feel like I saw them. No, it was just Richie Cotson's solo band. I know Richie Cotson was in it. I think Portnoy was in it. Yeah, I think Billy Sheehan, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then a little less metal, you got Chickenfoot, which was Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony. Satriani. Satriani. It's good stuff. Uh, and, uh, and the uh, uh, what's-his-name look-alike. The drummer. Will Ferrell. <laughs> Looks like Will Ferrell. Oh, uh, fuck, uh, Brad, what's his name from the Red Hot Chili Peppers? I don't know, that's why. <laughs> He's a drummer who gives a shit. I can't remember his name. <laughs> How dare you? He can count but every, four. Whatever. Everybody's always said that him and Will Ferrell look alike, and I saw some, I don't know, it was one of those late-night talk show kind of things, I think, or something, but they put the two of them next to each other playing drums. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty damn funny. It was like watching two twins play drums. <laughs> yeah, it's it really nuts. Will, yeah. Will Ferrell's hilarious. And uh, a little black country communion. They're pretty cool. That's kind of an acquired taste. It's kind of bluesy. It's got a Bonamassa. Joe Bonamassa on guitar and Glenn Hughes, you know, from the old Black Sabbath and Deep Purple stuff on vocals. And, and, uh, Bonham, Jason Bonham on yeah. drums. Mm. It's definitely kind of bluesy and has that, but yeah. it's it's got a good feel to it. But I just like listening to Glenn Hughes sing. I mean, that dude. He's got a killer voice, man. And consider for, for a guy that's like in his seventies and his in his his past. Yeah. yeah, and he's been mostly dead a lot of times, I think. <laughs> mostly dead. <laughs> Not always dead. Mostly dead. But uh, pretty badass. But yeah, there's definitely more super groups out there, but you know. And I'm sure we'll do another one of these sometime in the in the future, as we will do with everything in the future yeah, but, sometime. Uh, yeah, check some of this stuff out. There's a lot of good music there. Like we said, some of it. Yeah. You know, I wasn't really the biggest Mr. Big fan or anything like that, but down freaking rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Down definitely rules. Oh, of course. Probably one of the favorite in the supergroup categories. I think that would be a Metal Nerdery endorsed favorite <laughs> supergroup. <laughs> would be down. I don't know if it's a new category we just created, but it is now. It's definitely going to be on the list. Definitely. Anyway, but, uh, thank you for... Uh, listening to us babble yeah. about our supergroup favorite yeah, picks th- here. Thanks for wasting time with us, as always. We appreciate it. And hopefully you enjoyed your coffee. Time to put on some Celtic Frost and get in the shower and go to work. <laughs> you can put on the Celtic Frost now that the show's over. So just don't put it on during the show. That's all we ask. Anyway, right, thank uh, you for listening. Catch us on the next flip side. Yep, Metal Nerdery out. See you next time. Nerd out. Later. Hey, this is Matt from Metal Nerdery. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Like us. Share us with a friend. We are at Metal Nerdery Podcast. That is at Metal Nerdery Podcast. You can follow along with the show on MetalNerdery.com slash episodes. Nerd.